0: song and you'll just never know how much, you'll just never know how much. Sometimes when the preacher's going to be gone, I worry myself sick of, of God to give me something that I believe God has for me to, to bring and uh, I worry myself sick over it and uh, I thank God that God just took that away. Tonight if you will, you turn your Bibles to second, Corinthians chapter 13, we're going to read one verse there. Also, remember, uh, sign up for uh, Vacation Bible School. Put your registration there on the back. Let's get that in. We know how many we're going to have. Miss Kathy can get our helper to plan better. Amen. For 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5, just one verse. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves that how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. Brother George Brown, would you please pray for us? Praise again, Lord, and come thanking you for this day. We thank you through Thank you, Lord, for meeting with us already. Yes, dear God, thank you, Jesus. Praise our holy name. God help us to honor Him. Amen, Jesus. Man. Yes, dear God, in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. In that first part of that verse there. Examine yourselves. Whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. So that's what we want to do tonight. The title of the message is, Am I or am I not? I remember being in school and you get to crush on a little girl and you pick him flowers and you say she loves me, she loves me not. she loves. I never did like that. I, was, I thought that was a lie to start with. Amen. I thought it's going to come out the way I want if I have to get another flower till I get it to come out right. But am I or am I not? Here in this verse, I'm going to read one more verse. You don't need to turn there. But Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ live, Christ live in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. The first thing we got to do as children of God is to affirm in our hearts that we were helpless, doomed, lost sinners, and on our way to hell... And Jesus came by to where we were at, and he saved our soul. And for us to realize that God wants us to live as conduits of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, he saved us, he can use us to get to somebody else. He can reach somebody else. And get this established in our heart, and to know without a shadow of a doubt what God's done for us and who he is, and to have that level of confidence uh, in these facts, to know it just to know that nothing's going to change your mind. I'm saved and I'm going to heaven and nothing's going to change that. And if you've got one ounce of doubt tonight, there's there's a chance there that you're not saved by the grace of God. I'm not talking about when the devil comes by and says, well, you know, you ain't saved if you do this, you ain't saved if you do that. That just should reaffirm that you are saved, that the devil's going to buffet you, uh, that you are saved because the devil don't kick a dead dog. He said there in Galatians 2 and 20, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Understanding that Christ is in us and willing to lead us, that's not too difficult to accept, is it? We can say, well, I know I'm saved and I know Jesus lives in me uh, and I can accept that, but that don't necessarily produce a change. You can, people can know who Jesus is, but that don't make a change. I thought I knew who he was till God saved me, and then He introduced me to Himself, and then I knew Him. But Christ uh, wants us to understand that He is in us, and He's willing to lead us, and we can. Most people can go that far, and but just uh, merely accepting this truth does not produce a change in us. We've got to believe it with all of our heart, mind, and soul, and know that Jesus lives in us. And believe it with all of our heart that whatever he says, whatever the promises he makes, he's more than able to take care of that promise. Belief is what produces change. Belief is what produces change in a lost person. Belief is what produces change in a child of God. Believing in Christ, to believe in Christ's substitutionary death on the cross is what grants us this function. It's what gives us this gift, if you will. But belief in Christ's substitutionary place, substitution, substitutionary placement in us is what provides us with sanctification that's what sets us apart for the glory of God believing what God has done in our hearts and our life faith saves and faith produces change in the Lord and uh, in, in not just to be born again in the family of God but also faith in him that he will change our life whenever if we're not growing we're what we're dying. And it takes that faith to believe in who Jesus is. And once we believe who he is and we know who he is, it's that act of faith or believing him that he's going to do whatever uh, he says he's going to do. So the question is, am I or am I not believing? We know tonight, without a shadow of a doubt, we're certain of the requirement of faith to produce a convert. We know that people, we say, oh, you got to have faith. By grace, through faith, and you save that, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. We, we know that, and we get that part settled. But we often overlook that need of faith in allowing Jesus to lead us and, and to guide us and to place us where he wants us to be and to produce a, a change in our life. God wants us to always be growing, always be changing. You look at your children, uh, they don't look like they did when you brought them home from the hospital. Bless God, they're changing. Praise God, they're growing. Uh, they grow up, and some, this this year, the graduation, some of the pictures uh, there showed where they come from, how they grew up, and, and where they're at today, and, and you we got them hanging on the wall in our house. Bless God, what Josh and Talisha look like. They don't appreciate them pictures hanging there, but they're ours, and we ain't taking them down, Amen. Uh, it, it do them good to remember where they come from, but anyway, is it, seeing and producing that change. So we know that the life that that we now live, we got to live by faith. Well, well, I know that. You say, well, I know that. Well, I know I got to live by faith. Well, there's there's a difference in knowing you got to live by faith and then living in by faith. There, where the rubber meets the road, that sometimes that's a hard place. Sometimes that's a place, uh, bless God, there's nobody there but just you and God. Michael said a while ago, so well, you know, the preacher couldn't do it, Cheryl couldn't do it, and just believe in God. And when you get to that place, and it takes faith of believing, of what God, you said want, you you would, you would do of what you said you would do. So when we get to that place, it's not faith in myself it's not faith in the church, it's not faith in my works, but faith in the very same Son of God that saved my soul from the devil's hell and that born me again in the family of God is the same promise I have that by faith he said, if you'll believe me, I'll take care of you. See, there's no security for a child of God in this world. There's no security, if you don't know that by now, I don't know how long it's going to take you to learn. You can't put your security in a job. You can't put your security in a dollar bill. You can't put your security in the health care system. We've got to believe God. When we get to looking uh, at, at our problems and our troubles and the trials that we go through, and we keep looking for our help this way, we're going to find disappointment. We're going to find depression. We're going to say, well, God, you're a God. You're a liar because you said you'd take care of me, but you're still looking the wrong way. We still look the wrong way. We still look for our security in a world that God said that there is no security. Our security is in the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what comes our way, no matter how big the problem is or how small the problem is or whatever it might be, our security is in the Lord. We all want to feel secure. We want to feel secure in our jobs. We want to f- feel secure in our homes. We want to feel secure in our community that we can go outside uh, and in the yard and we don't have to worry about somebody harassing us. We want to know we can go to the grocery store without somebody coming up and causing trouble uh, and problems. We want to feel that sense of security. But all the security that we have lies in the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone. What exactly is faith? Well, some people uh, define faith as a bold obedience to God's revealed will despite all circumstances. A bold obedience to God's revealed will despite all circumstances. Well, that might be, that's a definition for a faith that will change you, but that's not a faith that will save you. Because obedience does not produce Regeneration. The night that I got saved, I, they give preached, they give the altar call. I went up I went up to the front. I, I done everything they said to do. I was obeying everything they said to do. You pray this prayer, read this here in this book, and, and then they stood us all up there in the front, and everybody come by and shook their hand. I was obedient to everything they said to do, but that didn't save me. I got saved when I come out of that door of that schoolhouse, walked down across that parking lot, and looked up into heaven. I said, well, God, I, I done what they said to do, but I still feel the same. And when I looked up there about that third parking place, I looked up in that street and I said, but God, I'm going to believe you anyway. Right then is when Jesus saved me. Right then, when my, my passion, Beth, in the life, I'll never forget that. That was the faith of just believing. Okay, God, whatever, whatever you say, that's what I'm. I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe that you save me, and not walk just because somebody told me I saved. I want to know, and in, in my heart, that I put my faith and trust in you. So when we look at faith this way, we see that it has two definitions or or two measurements, if you will, and that there's the faith that saves you, and there's the faith that changes you. It's 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 a miracle when people put their faith and trust in the lord jesus Christ and be born again in the family of god that's a miracle but it's also a miracle anymore when god's own children put enough faith in him to believe that he's going to take care of us i can say y'all but i'm talking about all of us we all go through, we excuse me we all go through these things and that's the faith that that saves us and the faith that changes us when we look at it that way it's it's that Faith is that personal measurement of my level of confidence in what Christ can and will do in and through and for us. My faith is how much faith I can put in him. He's not going to beat me over the head. He's not going to crush me under his finger to make me believe anything. He simply gave me his word and he said, here it is, you're a free moral agent, you can believe it. And you can. And I've never broke a promise, I've never lied, I've never come up short. Go find one person I ever lied to or ever broke a promise and ask them. Because you'll be looking through eternity because there's not one. And when we come to the Lord with an attitude of believing, okay God, you said it and that's what I'm going to believe and I'm going to trust you with that, then God can do great things in our life. And we come to him and say, I'm doing this because I believe the result will be exactly what God said it would be. But you don't get that on this side, Michael. When you was a praying, and you and Cheryl was a praying about about this mountain that you were praying over, you didn't see the answer on this side. But when you believed God and prayed and sought the face of God, you came and talked to the preacher, and, and when you when you when God moved, you could look back and say, "Man, He was right there all the time." But he, didn't, he couldn't stand up here tonight and tell us his story until he stepped out on faith and believed God and go and, and be obedient to what God said for him to do. And then God could put himself on display, and God puts himself on display when we look back and say, man, I couldn't do it. I couldn't pay my way out of it. The preacher couldn't fix it. My wife couldn't fix it. My wife couldn't fix it. My children couldn't fix it. My church couldn't fix it. But I look back now, and there's God, and God knew right where I was at. And he took care of the very need that I had. And it's not limited. He is not limited. He's not limited by distance, time, space, finances, or any other thing. He's not limited to money. He's not limited to, to anything that you and I worry and fret over. They mean nothing to him. The, his greatest The greatest thing he's concerned about is you and me. He wants to bless us. He wants to take care of us. He wants to feel every need in our heart and life. But we're so good at tying his hands that He can't and then blaming Him and get mad at Him because He can't tie His hands. If you're robbing God, don't expect God to bless you and don't get mad at Him when He don't. If you're robbing God, don't get mad when he don't answer your prayers because He's not gonna, He's not not. going he can't deny who he is. He cannot deny. And if we don't believe God when we pray, it's the same as, as robbing God. If you don't believe God when you pray, God says, why should I answer your prayer? You don't believe what you say. Why should I believe you when you don't believe yourself? And that's believing God by faith that whatever he said he's going to do. When he is... The Bible says in Romans twelve one and two, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, unacceptable, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what good, prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, and when His will is revealed, then real faith is measured by our willingness to believe Him that He'll do exactly what He said He would do. And folks, that's tested in every one of us's life. You're not immune to it. If you think, well, I'm, I just don't," that don't happen to me, then you better check up and make sure you're saved. Because God wants His young ones to grow, and that's how He grows us. One of the ways that He uses uh, to help us to grow uh, in, in our Christian life, in our Christian walk with Him. And it's un- important for us to understand See, God's acceptance of us is not conditioned on what we do for Him, neither is it conditioned on what we don't do for Him. It's conditioned on our faith. It's not really conditioned, it's just the way it is. we receive God's acceptance by having faith in His sacrifice for justification and faith that He's going to guide us and lead us and take care of us and fill every need, whatever it might be. So whatever comes our way, so... The second, again, am I or am I not stepping out in obedience? Am I believing God? Whatever this is, whatever, whatever you got on your mind right now, are you believing God? Am I believing God or am I not believing God? Well, you just, don't know, you just don't know what's going on in my life. I know this much. There's people in this church, if God don't move, they don't have We're all in the same boat. We can think about people that's facing surgery, we can think about people that's facing sickness, but we're all in the same boat. Either God moves, folks, or we miss God. We wait on Him to do what His perfect will in our life. And see, here, here's the thing about this faith is here. Is faith depends on its object. The object of our faith is who? the Lord. He's the object of our faith. He's the one we believe to save us. He's the one we're believing to take care of us. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to demonstrate this with a chair. Now, Eli, this is a good solid chair right here. You can you can believe that this chair is going to hold you up. Come on. You can do you believe this chair is going to hold you up? What makes you think so? It's solid. How do you know it's solid? How do you know I didn't fool with it, do something to it? You've seen a whole lot of other people sit in these chairs, haven't you? So do you have enough faith in this chair right here that you can sit down in that chair and not worry about falling? You do? Are you sure? Okay, sit down in chair. That's the way we ought to come to God. Just fall in. You know, you sit right there. See, a lot of people have faith in their faith. Oh, I believe God. I I I believe God. I I believe. I believe if I sit in this chair, that God's gonna uh, God that God's gonna take uh, God that this chair represents. Lord, that that just believe if I do that, He's gonna take care of me. Yeah, yeah, whatever I need, he's going to do it. But you never make that step of faith of ever exercising that faith. You never, you never, you never go that far to say, well, you know, I could, I, I can, but, but you know, you know, people think I'm crazy. If I, you know, I, I could, I, I'll, I'll take care of it, Lord. If it gets worse, I'll come see you. We have more confidence that we have more faith in our faith than we do in the object of like Eli just come over and just flop down. That's the way we ought to come to God. Just believing, okay, God, it's in your hands. It's in your hands. See, people have faith in their faith itself, but God wants us to have 100% faith in the object. Eli had 100% faith in this object of a chair that if he flopped down there, it's going to catch him. 100%. Fa- Did you doubt at all? I couldn't change your mind about it, could I? So he just flopped down in it. And he just believed that if he sat down in that chair, that it's going to catch him. And see, if you have faith that it that it will hold your weight, then you've placed your faith in that object, which was the chair. And that's what, that's what he did. He had faith in that object, believing that it was going to catch him and it's going to hold him. No matter how hard he jumped in, how hard he fell, and it's going to hold him. And folks, that's exactly the way that God wants us to come to him. Believing in the object of who he is. He's God. He is a person, you know. He's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're all three make up our God. And God says, you can come to me, and you can believe in who I am, and we look at him as our faith depends on the object. Uh, and in this case, is this illustration here, as this being the chair, that when you come, you can inspect it, you can look at it, and you know, I can look at it and say, you know, we got, we got a couple hundred of them back here, and people say in them all the time. And they ain't never one fail. And that's the way people are to look at our lives. When they look at us as children of God and say, man, they just trust God and God ain't never let them down. Man, they've jumped in the chair a hundred times. Uh, They're they all the time talking about God. They're all the time talking about... And God's never... They have never hear one time come in whining about how God mistreated them. So they can come and, and put their faith in trust. That's what that person done that led you to the Lord. That's what Rudy Edwards done. He got saved a month before I got saved. He led me to the Lord and all he was doing was simply said, Hey, you can put your faith in, you can put your faith in this, in this God and in, in my God. You can put your faith, you can put your faith in this chair because he ain't going to let you down. You can put your faith in God that he's not going to let you down. He's not, he's not going to be there for a while and then be gone. So when we place our faith in Christ and Christ alone, but not only just to save us, you just didn't trust that chair to keep this, to, to catch you when you sat down, did you? You're trusting it because you're still sitting in it. Amen? And that's the way God wants us to come to him. Hey, you can just trust him. You can believe him. See, the Bible says, faith in God is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Eli could have seen the chair sitting there, and he could have said, Ronnie, I ain't sitting in that chair. I I ain't sitting in that chair. You've probably done something. You're going to make me look like a fool out here in front of all these people. But he just come in and pop down. Because he just believed that this chair is going to catch me. That's the same way God wants us to come to him. It's just believing. So am I or am I not putting faith in my faith or faith in an object? Number one was faith depends on its object. Number two, the depth of our faith is determined by the depth of our knowledge of the object in which we place our faith. You need more faith? Then Gain more knowledge of the object of our faith, the subject of our faith. I don't like calling God an object, but he is a person, and he's real. So if we need more knowledge, then we need more faith, And God wants us to gain more knowledge, because the depth of our faith is determined by our faith in, in the subject, which is God. How much we know about him. Okay, Eli, you can go. Thank you. So, when we come to him, the bible says romans ten seventeen so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. so, if you want to know more about the subject of God, then you read his word and you get in his word and you learn more and more about him, and your faith and knowledge of God will grow as you as as a teaching and and a preaching the Word of God. now, it is knowing who he is, for instance let's just say I think I got two dollars. Okay, let's just say George come up to me and he said, uh, "Ronnie, you got a dollar? I'm borrowing." I said, "Well, sure, George. I'm going you a dollar." Now, David, I, now, now this is just for illustration. David's only been here. Let's just say, men. Let's say we're working on a job. George comes up to a job. He, oh, I need a dollar to buy a Pepsi with. Okay, George, here. I'm loaning you all. Yeah, man, here you don't take a dollar. David comes up and says, "What?" Give me a dollar. My my father-in-law said if you give me a dollar, buy me a Pepsi. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Oh yeah, here, here David. I'll give you a dollar. I have no problem loaning on my dollar. But let's just say I come into some money. Karen goes out in the yard and digs up a one of them big jugs of money that my family seems to think is buried over on Henna River Hill. And uh, and I thought, you know, I need to get this money out of my house and I, I've known George a long, long time. But I, I've just met David. He's only been here a couple of weeks. And, you know, I don't know a whole lot. He looks like a pretty honest feller. You know, his father-in-law was a preacher, but, you know, he, I mean, he told me he was. And, but, you know, I ain't been around him too long. But now George over here, I've been around George. I mean, I trust George my life. So who do you think I'm more inclined to trust with 100000 If I had $100,000, who do you think I'm more inclined to trust why? Because I know him. I know about him. I know how he is. I know his character. I'm getting to know I'm getting to know David. I'm around him. But when it comes right down to trust trusting, because I know more about him, I'm gonna trust I'm gonna trust the man that I know. And I'm going to trust in a man that I've got confidence in that I know a lot about. He's not wishy-washy. He's not up and down. I don't know if David's wishy-washy and up and down or not. I've only known him for a couple of weeks. I ain't got no problem him a dollar. <laughs> but when it comes to $100,000 or, or a, a couple hundred dollars, I'm going I'm to go to somebody that I know about. And that's the way God wants... That's the way we ought to be with God. We don't go to God with our problems. We don't take God we don't go to Him with our troubles and our problems and the things that really hurt us that really lies heavy on our heart because we don't really know Him. That's why we need to get in that book. It's why we need to be in the house of God and we need to get to know Him. These people have been saved 30, 40 years. They don't know no more about God tonight than they did two weeks after they got saved. But I got faith, I'm going to believe. When it comes to exercising your faith, when God puts a mountain in front of you, like He did Michael and Cheryl this week, when God puts a mountain in front of you, like He's He put in whatever your mountain might be, what's in your heart right now, you ain't got nowhere else to go. Nobody else can fix it, and we need to go to somebody that we know. I'm 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 I don't go to him like I should sometimes, but will they sometimes? I ain't got no problems running in and say, God, this is Ronnie, just in case you forgot. And here's my problem. Oh, here's what I need. Here's what I want you to do. So-and-so needs help. We need help. Because, God, I know you, and I know you don't lie. You've you got all power in heaven and earth. God, you speak whatever you say, and that mountain will be moved. Whatever you say, do, God. But I'm pretty good, too, that, okay, well, God, if you don't do it, i got a plan. I'll give you... 8 o'clock in the morning, if you ain't got it fixed, I'm going to take care of it. I just took one, I just just done that. I just done it. Our dear pastor straightened me out very quickly. He didn't, and he didn't apologize for it when he got done either. I mean, tell you now, he told me me, he's God's man, he's my pastor, and I'm going to do exactly what God answered my question, my problem, through our pastor. And I didn't have to ask twice either. He made it very, very clear. But our faith in the Lord is based on how much knowledge we have of him. See, if God asks us for a little bit, we're good. We're good. We get paid. We make a a couple hundred dollars. I ain't got no problem... I ain't got no problem, you know, here here are twenty, thirty, forty dollars, tie money. Somebody needs to I ain't got no borrow money with that. Boy, when them taxes come back. There's thousands. Or whatever it is. You come into some money, you come into something, you come into some you come into an increase in your family You say, Now God, you really Lord, let me give you the list why I can't do that. But God says, no. I'm not just preaching about money. It can be anything. It can be your time. you got more time than you can take. There's plenty to do around here. There's plenty of things to do that you can do for Him that might not even be around here, but you can do for Him. But whatever it is that God's asked of you, and we come to Him, and we'll trust Him with a little bit, but boy, when it comes to the whole lot, we come to our life. We look at our life as that hundred thousand dollars. Say, God, I, uh-huh. man, I like being. I like being my own boss. I like. I like running my own show. I've tried that a couple, several times too. Had to go back to the altar and ask God to forgive me, because God just let me drive right off in the ditch and. If so that I can see that I've got to have him. In Luke 9 and 24, Jesus said, Whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. Because we don't know God well, we're unwilling to make a sacrifice of our, our confidence in him. It's just believing him to do whatever he wants us to do. Our ability to please God is, is directly related to our faith in him. Folks, we can't please him on ourself. We can't do his thing ourselves. ourself. When we desire our will over God's will, then we've just said, God, uh, then I'm done. We choose to follow our own will, disregard his direction, disregard his word and what he said. So we see that faith depends on its object. The depth of our faith is determined by the depth of our knowledge of the object in which we place our faith. And faith is an action word. It's not just a passive word. It's, action. it's I'm going to do this right. I'm just going to believe God. I'm going to do whatever God said. James 2 and 17 and 18. Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yet a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Our outward actions reveal uh, our inner condition of our faith. It reveals the faith that we have. People can see And we let it be known by the faith that we have what's in our heart, our outward action. That word that works is an old English word for for the word effort. Our efforts don't save us. They don't change us. They're not a byproduct of our faith. They're just efforts. They're man-made stuff. And we know where that gets us. A faith without works or efforts dead. And we need to recognize, folks, the power that we have in our faith. Jesus said if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed you can say to that mountain to be cast to sea and it's gone. But many of our mountains are still sitting there. Matter of fact they're getting bigger because we're just not going to believe God. You know there's something bad, bad wrong in this so called Christian circle in this world. People call themselves Christians. It seems like there's, there's people profess to know the Lord and, and yet the wickedness in the church and the wickedness in the Christian circles is as bad or worse in the world. Well, there's things that goes on There's things that goes on. In the house of God that's like to go on in the world. These pedophiles, these people messing with these younguns and doing all this stuff, talking about loving the Lord, just on the television today. A woman uh, that you use my name gets prescription drugs, and she says, "Pray for me. I messed up." She, yeah, she better be she better. She've been doing some praying before he started selling them uh, oxycottons. But it's it's as bad. It's because people just simply do not believe God, folks. Uh, you say, well, I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven. You better know because we're fixing to find out who's real. God's fixing to separate the wheat from the chaff. Here, there's some things. See, the devil wants us, wants us to, to believe and grasp onto this counterfeit faith and just believe, well, whatever comes is going to be okay. Uh, what? Uh, if he can, if a devil convince a person that counterfeit faith is true faith, how many of you ever try to talk to somebody about the Lord, and they stand there drinking a beer or sucking on a liquor bottle, and and they'll and they'll start quoting scripture to you? That's a counterfeit faith. That's a counterfeit faith. I'm not talking about somebody that's saved and they having problems. I'm not. I'm, I'm talking about somebody that, man. How many times that happened, brother George? I mean, and they start quoting Bible. They know more Bible than you do. But I'm going to ask you nine quick, just nine quick questions. Saving faith and a faith that changes. Am I or am I not believing God? Did you or did you not believe Jesus to save your soul? If you answer no to either one of these questions... You better seriously think about your salvation. Number one, was there a time when I honestly realized I was a sinner and admitted this to myself and to God? Was there a time that you honestly realized you was a sinner and admitted this to yourself and to God? Yes, there was. Was there a time when my heart stirred me to flee from the wrath to come? Have I ever seriously been exercised over my sins? Yep, they sure was. I knew if I didn't get saved, I was going to hell. Number three, do, you, do I truly understand the gospel that Christ died for my sins and rose again? Do you really, really know how to be saved? Do you really, really know? Dr. David Jeremiah said this on the radio last week. He said, I got saved, I went to, I finished school, I went off to Bible college, and I graduated Bible college and I, and I was back in my home church, and not, during all that time, a testimony his own mouth, he never saw nobody. He never led nobody to the Lord. He never took a Bible out of all of that and led somebody to the Lord. There was a man that used to go to church here out on visitation with me, and and a woman wanted to get saved, took my Bible, led her to the Lord, and we got back in the van. He said, I've been in church all my life. And that's the first time I've ever seen anybody take a Bible and lead somebody to the Lord. And he has a doctorate degree. Folks, you better know, you better know that you're saved. You better know the object you're putting your faith in, and you better know him. We better know him. Have I trusted Christ and Christ alone for my salvation? Number six, has there been a change in my life? Do I maintain good works or are my works occasional and weak? You better know there's been a change. Number seven, do I have a desire to share Christ with others? If you're saved, when somebody big as God moves in, you've got to tell somebody about him. And if there's not a desire in your heart you want to tell somebody, you better make sure he's living there. <laughs> Number eight, do I enjoy the fellowship of God's people? Amen. Am I ready for the Lord's return? God deals with each and every one of us differently. My, my testimony's not going to be like yours. Your, your story's going to be different from mine. I've got stories in my life where God has, has done things for me and Karen, just like Michael and Cheryl's talking about, but now Michael and Cheryl's got their story. And now they can pass it on down to their youngins. And youngins, you better pay attention to what God's doing in your mom and daddy's life. Because there do not come a day when they might not when time they're gone they might not be nobody cares enough about God to go to God that way because we're living in a world today folks ten I think it was it ten thousand independent Baptist church closed down last year ten thousand so everybody's different so am I or am I not put my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to save me and to live by. In closing, the Bible says, Psalms 139, 23, and 24, Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me, and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. So tonight we started out with examine yourselves. We finish in Psalms, Search me, O Lord. Folks, I'll be honest with you. We can't make it without him. Me and Karen cannot make it next tomorrow without him. We we talked about some of the same stuff just over the weekend. Our happiness is not gauged on by our wealth or on her job or what I do. Our happiness and our rest and our peace and our joy is, is resting in Him, and we, we and that's the only way we can survive you start looking around this way and you get to looking at this and that and the other, you sit down and watch CNN News and you'll, do what, you'll be a in that cave with the preacher with them porking beans with your gun. Because I'm going to be outside of shaking all over if I get to there. But I thank God tonight that God's on the throne and we don't have to live there. We can go to God tonight and say, Lord, I want to trust you. I don't want it to be a question, am I or am I not trust you? Lord, I want you to know I trust you and I want, to, I want to know I trust you and I want my wife and my children to know I want my family to know that I'm trusting you and I'm believing in you. That whatever comes, Lord, I'm just going to go with you. Amen. I'm done.